0: Hey there, friends. It's Nick. Right. I'm going to do something different today, a little different. Anyway, I'm going to review the novel that I've just finished, which was The Ink Black Heart by Robert Galbraith. Of course, Galbraith is a pseudonym for J.K. Rowling, the author of the Harry Potter series. And it's actually the sixth novel in the Cormoran Strike series, which began, I think it's like 2013. I think the first Strike novel came out. And it came out under the pseudonym of Robert Galbraith, partly because Rowling, I think, had just she just wanted to write for the sort of the love of it, the joy of it, and the pseudonym was a way really to to better release something without all of the attention that comes from being the author of the Harry Potter sort of series of course the the fiction, so to speak, the pseudonym didn't last long. I think it was a publisher's wife, the publisher's wife at some party let it slip to the wrong person that Galbraith was rolling and. Of course attention exploded around what's really basically a kind of a sort of an old in some some senses in some ways an old style detective sort of series and we have this central character of Korma and Strike and at the start of the first book this temporary this temp turns up a a new secretary who becomes part of this this ongoing kind of series and you know, we we spend an equal amount of time in both their heads, really. The Ink Black Heart is the sixth book, as I say, and it's another labyrinthine kind of mystery, really. So I think it clocks in at over a thousand pages. Um, it's another labyrinthine mystery in which you can really kind of lose yourself. Although probably only if you are under a certain age, I would say, and you you been on this journey through the past few books I think it would be quite hard for someone to pick it up if they were completely fresh because there's so much of the 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 storyline and the characters like Harry Potter you know if you just if you dove in at Harry Potter six or seven you were going to struggle because even though Rowling is a well she's a master I mean she's a massively accomplished storyteller obviously but she's particularly she's a master of backstory of layering in things that have happened without making it too obvious that that she's reminding you what's going on which was of course incredibly important in the potter series and the same thing is true to an extent in the strike series you know there's a lot of there's a lot of ongoing characters and plot threads and what have you and if i was going to relate this somehow to stories mean business, which I'm not really intending to do today, but, but one of the things that she does is she creates this world and this world has different threads and different links. And rather like when we want to tell our own story, yeah, we might start with our origin story. We might add this piece of content or that piece of content, but what we're we're really doing is we are building a world into which our audience can kind of dive and lose themselves and follow the threads that are particularly relevant to them. Now, of course, it's slightly different in a novel because there is only one kind of way through it. And as I say, this one is long. It's over a thousand pages long. And the Stride series have never really been cozy mysteries. You know, they've never really been that kind of Midsummer Murders kind of thing. But this one is perhaps the most unsettling of all of them, right? It's, um, you know, we've got, uh, council culture, we've got terrible online misogyny and toxic masculinity. We've got child grooming, we've got the sort of, the, the alt-right and the far right terrorists and what have you. And we've also got the kind of, I guess, a kind of a demonstration of the kind of stuff that's, that's happened to Rowling time and time again, that is happening actually now around the release of this book, I've seen some this morning, where where people can use the internet and in some sense, the press as well to, to turn their bias into something that sounds true. You know, I've seen one, I'm not going to go into it, but I've seen one headline this morning on a, I was going to say reputable, but let's just say a newspaper that talks about an element of the main character in this book or, or the the character that dies. Should we say at, at the start of the story, the, the murder that's being investigated, which calls her something, which she just isn't. I mean, it's like they just haven't read the book. And of course, what this allows people to do is to say things as if they were true. And the the book's got lots of examples. In fact, I think one of the things that's, that's uh, brave, but also difficult about, about the book is that an awful lot of it takes place. An awful lot of the story unfolds through text chats and private message boards and Twitter conversations and things like that. And if this is why I say maybe you need to be you need to be of a certain age, perhaps. But there's kind of this um simplified, well I was gonna say blunt, but often it's it's extremely sweary, extremely violent sort of imagery that is the kind of thing that um trolls say and speak online. And you know, it's, it's quite a brave thing to do because there are long passages of the book, which are just these kind of conversations or Twitter threads with, with, um, really objectionable people, um, saying what they think. And it's interesting in, certainly in the context of Rowling's own issues that she's had with, um, people accusing her of things. And I think, I mean, I, you know, it's not for me to get too political here, but I, but I've read some of the stuff that JK Rowling has said. And I find it very difficult to square that with what I've read people say that she said, if you understand me. And there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that kind of post-truth kind of bullshit in this book in terms of, you know, as the plot unfolds and what what we find is that we've got a lot of these text conversations, which start off very anodyne, um, you know, and, and they're obviously they're stripped back. They're very simple and crude and what have you. But as the book progresses, as you kind of get your ear in, and in a weird way, in a weird way, it's a bit like when you go and see Shakespeare, right? When you go and see Shakespeare, this is, this is true for me, you're, you're much more intelligent than I am, I'm sure. But I go to Shakespeare and I, and I spend like 15 minutes, 20 minutes just getting my ear in. And then suddenly I start to understand the dialogue in a way that I wasn't understanding it before. And in some ways, the the kind of the, although it's much much simpler, it's unlike Shakespeare in any other any other way, obviously. But yet you you kind of get your ear in, so to speak, and you start to see these characters with their needs and their insecurities and their you know whatever their personalities emerging from the page and becoming this important thread in the book. And I mean, I think it's a really brave thing for a, for a writer to do because it's it's hard. I mean, I. I've listened to this and read it over the past four days. As I say, it's a thousand page book or to put it in another context, the audible file, the audio file of it is over 32 hours long. So it's a lot, a lot of content. And I think it's another, it's another example really of like, right, like the Robert Galbraith thing of rolling, just writing for herself. It really, she's on record, I think. And one of the books she says, she talks about how, You know, Robert Galbraith's work has always been her. She's felt a bit as her own personal playground. I think that's, that's a direct quote. And, um, you can see it here because, you know, there can't be many authors who would get away with this. I don't think in terms of the massive amount or the relatively large amount of these, these online conversations, the length of the book. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it costs to print, but I imagine it's, it's quite a lot, but This is an example of someone who has earned the right to to do what she wants to a certain extent and make her own mistakes if it turns out to be a mistake or what have you. But I have to say that I love the book. Many people will struggle with it, I think, but I loved it. And it's partly because this is going to make me sound like a massive geek, but over the past two and a half weeks, I have reread all of the previous five books in the series. I really wanted to do a deep dive. Well, actually, I started with the sixth. Sorry, the fifth, the one before this one. But I enjoyed that re re reading that so much. I went back and went through one, two, three, four, in a really kind of geeky kind of way. Either reading them on Kindle or listening to them. And Robert Glenister, who you may remember from, um, he was he was one of the main characters in the TV series Hustle the actor was he played a character in the tv series hustle he's also been more recently he's been in the bbc drama series sherwood which was really good too he's a great actor and he gives these amazing nuanced kind of performances uh for these books and i mean he deserves a medal really for for going through all of these conversations anyway uh well where was i Yes, there's a lot of content, but the beating heart of these books, and this is another thing we can, you know, we can remind ourselves of as business storytellers, is the kind of the emotional pull, the relationships between the two central characters, uh, Strike and Ellicott, Robin Ellicott. This has been a kind of on, or sort of a will they, won't they kind of thing that's been going on in the previous five books. And the joy of this story is, apart from this kind of, This world that Rowling's created, the joy of the story is the characters change. They evolve. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I used to go to the library, probably as a, I don't know, 15 or 16 year old or something. And there was a series of Western books, like a really massive series of Western books. I can't remember the name of the central character, but they were, they were all the central character. I used to like them because they were sort of bloody and violent and they had naughty bits in them. So I used to get all of these books and all of them were from a cookie cutter mold. They were all exactly the same. A bit like, I mean, a bit like the way that the Reacher books are all very similar. And it's certainly true that all of these strike books, they are all mysteries. They are all solving a murder or something, but the cases are very different. The kind of the, the architecture of the stories is very different too, and most importantly, for me, the characters actually evolve, not, not just individually, but, but kind of emotionally, they evolve for the um, relationship between them, which is kind of one of those, as I say, it's one of those will they or won't they" kind of things. And it keeps us engaged. It's this warm, beating heart that brings the whole thing, keeps you on the whole thing, uh, keeps you on the ride. And some people will struggle with this book, but I have to say I really loved it and I'm desperately, desperately hoping that, that Rowling wants to do more. Anyway, that's it for me. Thanks for listening. And remember, your story means business. If you want to dig deeper into the stuff that I do, search online for story.business. Bye now.